going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Going the Distance podcast presented by ImmaculateSports.com. Twitter's at Sports. Instagram, also at Sports. TikTok, YouTube, Immaculate Sports. It's episode 74. Super Bowl 56 is this weekend. Crazy stuff in basketball. Disappointing things in baseball. Some uh, other funny stuff to talk yeah. about. Some sure. scouting stuff within football definitely mm-hmm. was going on. Uh, Pro Bowl happened, not much going on there. Uh, but Except for the after party. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the after, or actually, no, that was the night before when Alvin Kamara really? decided to assault uh, another person. But yeah, we'll talk about Alvin Kamara a little bit more at halftime and uh, his overnight stay in the Las Vegas jail. Uh, mm. So he is doing some interesting things, uh, but let's get into the opener before we uh, do any of this other stuff. And favorite thing that we saw from this past week, uh, just being scholar today. Cause Brett is, I don't know what he's doing actually, but uh, nonetheless, he's not with us today. Yeah. And I want to talk about Jonathan Kamenga, uh, the Warriors first or first of two, uh, first round picks in this last year's drafts has came along quite nicely in this, at least in this past week or so. Three games the Warriors have played, he scored 19, 18, and 16. All shooting, uh, he shot 61% in the field in all three of those games combined. So, really, really, really good to see, honestly. Kaminga just playing well. He's super athletic, a fun guy to watch on the court. And Hopefully Wiseman turns out well because it looks like Kaminga is definitely going to turn out well, and that'd be nice to have a, another solid young core with the Warriors. Yeah, the best thing I saw this weekend has got to be the whole, well, I guess the whole week of the Senior Bowl was pretty good. The game, twenty to ten, the national team led by the Jets' own Ron Middleton got the win, and so many players boosted their draft stock this week. I just I want to talk about a couple of those guys. I made a list here. Some mm-hmm. of the guys who get the green stamp of approval, the biggest, uh, I'd say the biggest winner of the senior bowl is Jermaine Johnson, the edge rusher from Florida state. Um, he's looking like maybe a fringe first rounder before the senior bowl. Now he's looking like he could be a top 10 pick. So great for him. You know, Malik Willis quarterback from Liberty, Christian Watson, former defensive end turned wide receiver, in North Dakota state. That guy's an animal. Trey McBride, the tight end from Colorado state. Trevor Penning, the tackle from Northern Iowa. Boy Mafe, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Edge rusher from Minnesota. And Perrion Winfrey was the senior bowl game MVP. Defensive tackle, Oklahoma. Many more guys on my list here, but those are the guys who really showed out. And I'm excited to talk more uh, and even give a little mock drafts at halftime. There we go. Yeah, the drafts is definitely going to be a big part of our show the next few months. And uh, it's always good. It's always been a big part of our show, regardless mm-hmm. of when it is in the year. When we're talking in May and the draft just happened the year before, Skyler's already prepping on mock draft 1.0 for the next season. So that's <laughs> always good to know. Uh, but yeah, definitely a lot of stuff going on. We'll probably do the same thing that we did last year as far as having a draft special either the day of or the day after the draft uh, going over the first round. But that's obviously still a couple months away. But let's talk about the Immaculate Sports Player of the Week. We have it every single week. And it was a little bit different this time around because usually we've been just doing four football players, uh, some college, some NFL, usually mainly NFL. But with no NFL games going on, uh, 
kind of got us prepped up for for March and, and probably April as well on how this award will go for us. So the four guys that we had was Anthony Davis, the Lakers uh, power forward center, whatever you want to call him. He averaged 29 and a half points. I believe it was in 16 rebounds. It's a pretty good week for him. Mavs, Luka Doncic. He had a great game on primetime against the Sixers, triple-double uh, with a clutch shot at the end of the game to not not win the game, but put the dagger in the Sixers. We had AFC defensive end Max Crosby. Uh, Brett was not a fan of me putting him on here, but we didn't really have anybody else to put on. Uh, Crosby was a defensive player of the game or defensive MVP, I think was the actual term for it in the Pro Bowl. And then the national team or Pittsburgh QB, Kenny Pickett, who shined in the senior bowl, six for six, 84 yards, I think it was. And then a touchdown to go along with that as well. Only had 13 votes, not the most votes for this one, but uh, the winner was Luka Doncic. And I think that probably makes the most sense out of the guys that we put on this one. So congrats to Luka. And uh, I think the first ever basketball player to ever win Active Sports Player of the Week. Wow. That's pretty big. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's groundbreaking. Yeah. Definitely our first uh, Latvian, whatever. Uh, first college, no, college quarterback. No, maybe. No, Caleb Williams has been Caleb on Williams. Uh, yeah. Know that. Yeah. Uh, team reports, though. Jets, uh, what, what did you guys do this past week? Besides uh, well, Bowl, yeah, Super Senior Bowl, Bowl was Bowl. important. Uh, and also just Robert Sala dropping little hints on what we might do at the draft. We love uh, Kyle Hamilton and Kayvon Thibodeau, just like everybody else. So I don't really know if that's telling anything. But uh, he, Robert Sala understands we need a tight end. Robert Sala understands we need Dean Lineman. That's what he says. That's the jet report. <laughs> yeah, pretty short and sweet once we get to uh, this past past January's done. It's, it's yeah. kind of the stalemate part of the season, at least here for the next month or so before we get to uh, free agency and the draft stuff that we've been talking about quite a bit here recently. The Raiders are just doing their coaching hires right now. It's obviously the McDaniels and Ziegler came in this past few weeks or so, and they, they got to make their staff. And a few of the guys we've hired so far, Patrick Graham, defensive coordinator from the Giants. Uh, one of my favorite hires, we hired him as the D.C., built the Giants defense into something that was actually pretty worth watching, at least for the Giants fans in the past few years. They had a, developed quite a few people on that defense, and hopefully Patrick Graham can do the same. He's getting some head coaching looks at, too, so it's pretty cool to be able to bring him over to Vegas uh, and not have to really do anything crazy for it. Also, uh, we made a few hires on the defensive side of the ball as well, not just at D.C. We hired – Safeties coach Chris Ash, who is an interesting one. I did not really like to hire here. He's just a small position coach, but uh head coach at Rutgers from 2016 to 2019, and he was eight and thirty-two in his time there. So not the greatest time at Rutgers, but I don't think a lot of people have the greatest time at Rutgers in general. Also, today we did hire a uh secondary coach so another defensive backs coach really and that's uh, Jason Simmons he did the exact same job uh, with the Panthers this past few years and uh, I actually really like this hire I think uh, I mean you saw him develop Jeremy Chin within this past year or two uh, and also get to have Stephon Gilmore on his defense Stephon Gilmore free agent this se- this offseason 
obviously he was with the Patriots before. We have a lot of Patriots guys in our front office, and now we have his defensive backs coach with us now. And hopefully, I wouldn't mind bringing over the former defensive player of the year to Las Vegas. I mean, that's what Mark Davis is hoping for when he chooses these guys to bring in, right? Yeah, uh, probably that, that that wouldn't probably is somewhere in his mind. Yeah. But also with the coaches that you bring in, you also got to get rid of the coaches that you've had before. A few of those guys, one of them being Tom Cable, former Raiders head coach about 10 years ago, was the offensive line coach this past year. We let him go. I'm completely okay with that, honestly. Gus Bradley, defensive coordinator, coordinator with us last year. I actually really like Gus Bradley. I think he actually made the Raiders defense a somewhat respectable unit, not just being the complete bottom of the league. He goes to the Colts. Uh, so pretty good hire for the Colts there. And I know a lot of players like playing for him. So I would not be shocked to see a few of the guys on the Raiders defense, like Casey Harry, D- Darius Phylon. Those guys try to go over to Indianapolis and play for that. Uh, pretty fun defense to watch over mm-hmm. there. And then also, uh, Rich Passaccia, obviously everybody knows who he is. He doesn't really need an introduction now at this point. Uh, goes and gets hired by the Green Bay Packers to be their special teams coordinator. Great hire for the Packers. Uh, yeah, I mean, That's the worst part of their, their team. Worst know? part of the team, 100%. I mean, I don't think their team's going to be the same yeah. as what it was this, this past year. I don't think anybody really thinks that at this point. But definitely special teams is going to be a pretty big focus for – the the Packers within these next few years, I believe. Mm-hmm. So good hire for them. All right. The main event, the Super Bowl is here. We have done everything that we oh shit. One thing I did forget. Number seventy four. Seventy four. It yeah. is episode seventy four. Yes. I always forget to do that because I don't put it on the spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. But who is your favorite number seventy four? Right. I'm gonna go with future Hall of Famer Nick Mangold. Jets legend, played center there for 10 years. Just uh very lovable guy, grinded the entire time he was with the Jets. That's a really good pick yeah. for them or uh, for Skyler. I know I saw some. Uh, there's some Nick Mangle commercials not too long ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I remember playing with him in Madden too as well. But I'm going with longtime Dodger closer Kenley Jansen who also wears the number 74. I was pretty shocked to go ahead and see somebody who uh, I forgot about that. Is a big guy like Kenley Jansen figuratively and literally 350 Mm -hmm. saves in his career, former Netherlands catcher in the world baseball classic Mm -hmm. three time all-star obviously 2020 world series champion with the Dodgers when they won in globe life park, whatever it is. Uh, (laughs) And yeah, yeah, Kenley Jansen is my my favorite number, 74th. Now the Super Bowl picks. We have a lot to talk about with the Super Bowl. Don't need to tell you the teams who are in it, but I'm going to say it anyway. The Cincinnati Bengals, the Rams. Of Los Angeles. The Rams of Los Angeles, not of St. Louis anymore. Yes. Okay. We talked a little bit about our initial reactions to this matchup last week, but I also want to get your your first reaction when you – realized or it set into your, your mind that the Cincinnati Bengals are playing the Los Angeles Rams in the Super Bowl. Uh, it's something that I'm not, I'm not crazily surprised about, you know, obviously it's not like I picked these teams, but when you see it on paper, you go, well, you know, it, it makes sense. The numbers add up. I think it's crazy to just see 
all of our picks were Kansas City, Green Bay, Green Bay, Kansas yeah. City, whatever it is. Uh, Tampa Bay also being in there quite a bit too. And then when we see the Cincinnati Bengals being in the Super Bowl, especially where where they were just 365 days ago, did not look. I didn't even think Joe Burrow was going to play much of the season from his torn ACL last year. I thought that was going to take some time to recover, and he recovered well. They got his LSU buddy, Jamar Chase. Uh, they still don't have an offensive line, but th- seeing them in the Super Bowl is absolutely crazy. And it, it's, it just shows why the sport of football can do such crazy things, man. I mean, I think this is the fifth team in the last six years or something like that for uh, not make the playoffs the year before and then make the Super Bowl the the next year. Uh, Niners were a team that did it a few years back. The Eagles did it. The Falcons did it. Uh, and then I think the Rams also did it a couple years ago as well. But crazy things going on for sure. Uh, so we'll do picks. We'll do Super Bowl MVP. Who do you think is winning this game? Why do you think they're winning this game? And what's the score going to be? All right. So going into the season, uh, we knew if the Rams didn't go to the Super Bowl, it would be a major disappointment. And they made it here. You know, I, I understand when people say, how could I not bet for for Joey Burrow? You know, he, he hasn't failed me yet this year. Well, you can say the same thing about the Rams, I believe. Uh, the only difference is the Bengals have had no pressure so far this offseason. Sorry, postseason. And I think they're finally going to get it now, especially since the Rams are at home. Uh, it sounds like the Rams are going to leave chase one-on-one with Jalen Ramsey and double everybody else and make Jamar Chase beat them. I think that's very interesting. But I also think the Rams D-line is going to go crazy like how Tennessee's D-line did against Cincinnati earlier in the playoffs. Um, The other side to it, I just think the Rams have way too many weapons. Cup, Odell, if Higby plays, the running backs, someone's going to be guarded by Eli Apple and that person's going to have a crazy day. I think there's just way too much firepower on both sides for the Rams here. I have the Rams 31 to 20. Not a bad guess. Not a bad guess. I I will say that that definitely seems like the the main thing that people will be picking right now. Let me talk about the Bengals a little bit and about, about what their defense did against Kansas city and how they got, they did so well by dropping eight into coverage. They had a spy on Patrick Mahomes there as well uh, and really only rushed three to the passer. Uh, and that worked for them really, really well. They still got pressure with three. Obviously, Sam Hubbard, uh, we saw, or at least me and Skyler saw the film, mm-hmm. uh, but the play where he comes out from the spy and, and runs in and takes down Mahomes, that's a pretty valuable play. I mean, you don't really need to have a spy like Hubbard on on Matthew Stafford because he's not the guy to run like that. But if you play some of the high-low coverages that Cincinnati was running against Kansas City to pull off that upset, I think we could see a Cincinnati win in the Super Bowl. That also comes down to the other side of the ball with Joe Burrow. And I think Joe Burrow is becoming an Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady type guy, not in the sense of uh, like greatness, but in the way that you do not bet against them. You cannot put money against Burrow because he will screw you over, over and over and over again. Whether that is making it so the Rams don't cash the spread or something like that, that could be it. Or if the, the Bengals outright just won the Super Bowl. 
I can't bet against Burrow. So I'm going Cincinnati 27-24, Evan McPherson, another game-winning field goal. Very nice. That takes us to, after the game, who's going to be named MVP? You go first if you're ready. Let me think about this for a second. Joey B. If if they win, it's got to be Joey B. Um, So... I guess I'll spoil one of my picks for you at the end of the show. My bold prediction is going to be a non-quarterback wins the MVP. Man, I really want to go with Vaughn Miller, but I'm not. I'm going to go with Aaron Donald. Uh, He's a guy who, if the Rams won, either him or the punter would have won MVP probably when they played the Patriots in that one Super Bowl. Uh, So I'm going to say Aaron Donald gets it this time. He gets two and a half sacks and a forced fumble. Yeah, would be kind of cool to see Vaughn Miller – uh, Super Bowl MVP though I don't I don't think there's a, a two-time defensive player Super Bowl MVP no I was thinking like this has got to be crazy odds I looked it up and it's not you know the betters caught on they're like ah I see you know he hasn't done anything all year just exploding the Super Bowl we're not going to let people win millions off of that exactly Von Miller's yeah. due for a big game and this definitely could be it against that Cincinnati uh, Bengals sketchy old line to say the least yes we did our top 10 QBs last week. Uh, Joe Burrow on our list for both of us. I had him at seven. Skylar, I believe, had him a little bit higher than I did. Uh, mm-hmm. But this week, we're moving to running backs. We're going to do our top 10 here. Do you have any guys that you want to talk about first that didn't make the list? Yeah. Uh, honorable mention, probably number 11 for me, Lamar Jackson. He had 800 yards this year. Unfortunately, he got hurt. Um. <laughs> <laughs> good one. Thank you. Good one. Thank you. Thank you. Any for you? I do not have any. Okay. I'm ready for number 10. All right. You want me to start? Yeah. Okay. I got Zeke. Uh, I know you were talking to me a little bit about this. Uh, Zeke does make my top 10. I just feel like uh, even if he's not progressing anymore, he's still a little reliable. He doesn't fumble. Um, and, uh, you know, Tony Pollard may be coming for his job, but he'll just go somewhere else and take it over. Man, Zeke is, uh, is all reliable for me in number 10. Yeah, I actually do not have Zeke on my list. The reason I don't have him on my list is because he just doesn't he doesn't look the way that rookie Zeke does or did. And that old line that he has, I mean, fuck, if any of these running backs on this list had that old line, they are going crazy. If Jonathan Taylor had the Cowboys old line, that guy would be rushing for 2,500 yards in, in the season. So... I love Zeke off my list, and that put number 10 at Mixon. Joe Mixon. Okay. Number nine. Nine, number nine is going to be Najee Harris. Uh, Great rookie year. I uh, can't wait to see what he could do with an actual offensive line. You know, (laughs) maybe he should switch spots with Zeke here, but uh, uh, teams, not spots on the list. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, But, yeah, yeah, that's, that's about it. Get this man some help. Number six through nine on my list, there are a lot of similar running backs, but I, I'll explain more once I get to six on why I did my rankings like this. But at number yeah. nine, I also have Najee. Okay. So we have one, have one similar there. We'll take it. We'll take it. Number eight. Number eight, I'm going to go with Austin Eckler. Uh, he could do it all. He proved this year when he's healthy, he could be a powerful runner too. Um, and I just, I have him just above that that third tier of running backs. 
I too have Austin Eckler at number eight. Oh. So got, or seeing some things in common with these running backs so far. Uh, how about number seven? Number seven is a guy that's not going to be on your list. It's Damian Harris for me. I hate the Patriots, but this guy runs over everybody. Um, they beat the Bills without passing the ball, thanks to this guy, at least in the first three quarters. I know he got hurt in that one, and Ramondre finished it off, but this guy's a monster too. Don't forget about him. I like Damian Harris a lot. I really, really do. I think he needs one more year for me uh, of similar production to pr- to prove to me yeah. that he deserves to be in these top 10 guys because a lot of these guys have had two or three really good seasons. Uh, some of them have been hurt these past few years, but like Saquon, CMC, guys like that. But yeah. they still stay super high on my list. So number seven. Would have been a bit higher if he hadn't been hurt so much the past few years, but that is Saquon Barkley has one of the worst O-lines that we've ever seen. And if he had that Cowboys O-line, Saquon would make the Cowboys very, very scary. On to number six. Number six, I'm going to have Christian McCaffrey for similar reasons. Uh, He's been hurt for two years now. He just, I, I really don't think he can play running back anymore. He's a great one, and he's number six on my list for a reason. But I think he needs to move into the Debo role where he takes seven handoffs a game and the rest are out of the slot. You know, he just yeah. he can't stay healthy. The offensive I mean, line he, sucks too, but he was that guy in uh, 2019 where he'd get mm. 25 carries and also another 10 catches to go with it. And that made him the fantasy god. He's got up uh, seven healthy. and 10. Unfortunately for all the fantasy players, you know, you got to cut it down. Yeah, regardless, that dude would would still put up about 17 to 20 points per game. Uh, He's just so good. Uh, Number six for me, I put Alvin Kamara. Been in the news a lot this past week, but I'm not talking about him beating the shit out of another man. Uh, I'm talking about his football skill. This dude's a beast. And I'll go into my reasoning for my six to nine now, where I have Kamara, Saquon, Eckler, and then Najee. All those running backs are pretty similar and to the way that they're very, very dynamic. I have CMC in another level than these guys, but if you have all four of those running backs and you give them the same scheme, the same O-line, the same quarterback, the same weapons on, on the outside of them, like the wide receiver and tight end, I just think that's how the production level will go. These guys with Saqu- or uh, Kamara doing the best, Saquon doing the second best, Eckler doing the third best, and then Najee doing the fourth best. Uh, I think as far as supporting cast go right now, though, I think Eckler probably has the best Kamara, the second best Najee, the third, and then Saquon, the fourth on to number five, number five. I'm going to go with Nick Chubb. This starts off the uh, elite tier of running backs. I believe Um, it's, (laughs) it's like that. The year six or nine guys, it's all those guys combined is Nick Chubb, you know, he could do everything. Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb is definitely a beast. Uh, I This is my second top tier, I'd say. So this would be the A tier, and then the, my top three guys are my S tier. Well, I, uh, I'm number, sure. You know, yeah. yeah. Number five for me is going to be Dalvin Cook. Absolute stud. Skyler probably has him a bit higher than I do in, in this list, but he he's, he's a problem. He's definitely a problem. Yeah. Next up is uh, number four. Number four, I'm going to go with Joe Mixon here. I think he's very similar to Chubb, except Joe Mixon is an animal in the passing game too. So he gets an edge. 
That's interesting. There's a couple guys here that on this list that you just don't have. Then, uh, yeah, I took Kamara off. I took uh, took Saquon off. That's crazy. That's yeah. that's honestly crazy. Yeah. Uh, number four for me is gonna be Nick Chubb, though. Dude's a stud. I mean, he has the running back sense of we've never seen before. This dude just stands straight up in the backfield, and that's so crazy to me. Uh, and it helps him too because it, it kind of gives away less on, on what he's doing. And it gets him in a really good spot really quickly because he can sink down and and move from there rather than already being down and having to go down low or whatnot. But he's a beast. Watching him run and get three, four carries in a row where he just darts through the line and runs so physical too. That's why I'm putting him at number four. And then at least my S tier starts here. Uh, Who is your number three? My number three is going to be Derek Henry. That is all for now. Wow. Derrick Henry at number three. It's kind of crazy to me. Number three for me is CMC. If he was healthy these last few years, he could be not at number one. He is oh, he is so good. He's so fun to watch. He's been so fun to watch for so long now, especially being a Stanford fan. I, I've been seeing this for five, six years at this point. I know Skyler's been watching him back when he was at Stanford too. He is just so dynamic and unique at, at the running back position that I, I had to put him above Kamara, Saquon, Eckler, Najee, those guys that do similar things to him. Uh, Cause when he's healthy, he's just so, so good. Now, number two, number two is going to be Dalvin cook. I think he is near the power level of Derek Henry, but he's just got an extra gear to him when he's healthy. He's one of the most unstoppable offensive forces of this decade. Uh, it's just unfortunate. And he hasn't been that healthy, but I think he is so much more physically gifted than someone like Christian McCaffrey. So I, I gave cook the number two spot. What about his brother? All right. Yeah. <laughs> round James round three through four, maybe three through five. Yeah, there we go. Number two for me is going to be Jonathan Taylor. Uh, only his second year in the NFL, but he's already at number two on my list. Uh, I couldn't put him above the guy I have at number one, King Henry. Uh, but Jonathan Taylor is so fun to watch run, and he he is going to be a problem. I thought he was going to have some fatigue in his legs coming out of college just because of how many carries he got in, at Wisconsin. I think it was like mm-hmm. 600 or something like that. But he he is a freak of nature, and, and he's a lot faster than what I expected. Next up at number one, I think that you have JT here. Yeah, Jonathan uh, but Taylor. Explain why, why you put JT at number one. Uh, well, you know, I, I, a lot of it might have to do with because everyone expected him to fail, and he didn't. Also, you know, it's it's everything with the other guy's amazing physical ability, but he's got probably the best vision from a running back I've seen since Adrian Peterson when he won the MVP. Uh, and this last season – looked a lot like that one uh and right now he's the number one running back in the league for me so this list as of today he's my number one yeah number one for me has got to be derrick henry when he had the run against the buffalo bills this year where he broke away on monday night football that was the fastest ball carrier speed of any runner in the nfl this year and that for a guy at derrick henry's size which is six three two fifty is not even human at this point. Uh, durability, 
people might want to say, oh, he got hurt for half the season. Last two years before that, he had 378 carries and then 303 mm-hmm. carries a year before that and then 215 carries a year before that. He he is an iron man when it comes to the running back position. He can take 30 carries a game. He can just get the ball over and over and over again. And defenses can understand what's going to happen and just do nothing about it. It's it's like it's like having a 50 overall team in Madden when you're going against them. Like you just can't, you don't have the guys that have the capability to take him down one-on-one. Uh, and also I think having AJ Brown and, and Corey Davis before and now Julio Jones helps the Titans because you can't just put everybody in the box and focus on him because you have those wide receivers. So King Henry is my number one guy. Uh, and hopefully he stays healthy next year. Cause I want to pick him in fantasy. Uh, that's a good reason that is going to take us to halftime though uh skylar has the first thing on here which is the mlb lockout news and trevor bauer had some interesting news uh with the 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 court today i guess yes yes uh we'll start it off with the lockout uh there's one big thing i want to highlight here um so the mlb is not testing for steroids right now um I'll just get right into it. I think this tells us two things. This is very hypocritical of the MLB for not letting Bonds and Clemens in the Hall of Fame just a couple of weeks ago. I mean, the MLB know. can't test right now. They 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 literally can't test because they don't have those aren't aren't their players. They don't have any players. Yes, literally, they don't have any players. But what I heard was this was way before they even locked out. Is when they chose not to you know, redo their agreement. Uh, I just, number two, the reason for this, I think, is they don't expect to have a season anytime soon, uh, which I don't like to hear at all, but it just doesn't make sense. If they knew this before a lockout even happened, uh, like they they wouldn't go a season without testing for steroids, you know, with with no lockout, right? That makes no sense. Yeah, they they're gonna have a season. MLB I think realizes that they have to have a season because of all the fans that they lost in 1994 when they cut the season short and did all that that crazy stuff. So they realize that hey, if we don't get this fixed soon, and that's why they brought in the mediator or mm. the negotiator, whatever or they're it was. Un- they're allegedly going to. Yeah, well, the MLBPA denied it, so th- it's not happening. Okay, but the. MLB needs this season to happen. I think the players are realizing too, as much as the players want to have this season, yeah. they realize if they keep on holding out and keep on wanting what they want, the MLB is going to have no choice but to actually give in and, and agree to whatever the MLBPA is offering because the players should have all the power. I think personally they they do have all the power because I don't want to see these these billionaire owners who are selfish uh, just not want to do not not want to pay the players that would literally make their livelihood. I agree. I think the players should have the power, but what I'm hearing is a lot of the players are, are you know, not the players, but the the guys in the meeting, the important one, the the head of the union, you know, are starting to fold. They're getting nervous. They're gonna lose out on their salary this year. So they're saying, whatever, you know, let's do it. And it's the owners who are saying no. 
which I, you know, I don't like that either. Either Eckler, Austin Eckler. <laughs> it just sucks. It sucks. It we want to watch it football. Does. We're supposed to have spring training in a couple of weeks now. We're not going to get that. We know that for sure. We're just hoping we we get a full season. Yeah, when when we. Uh... At least for me personally, once the Raiders season ends, I, I, I mean, I have the NFL postseason usually like at the Super Bowl, things like that. But usually once the Super Bowl ends, I am quite fully invested into baseball. There, there's usually news going on, especially with how free agency has gone the last few years where guys signed late in February and March. We have free agency stuff going on. Maybe we have a couple trades going on. And I'm just getting ready for baseball season, man. I, I That's all I can think about. Uh, and now I don't have anything to think about, so I I have to think about basketball or draft season. Draft season, that, that's true. I think about the I think about the NFL all the time. I, I'm not going to deny that. Obviously, uh, free agency is a big part. Once we get to to March, mm-hmm. drafts a big part. Once we get to that March April area, and, and now for us at least as well. But I I need baseball, man. I really do. Yeah. I need it. Uh, you know, we like to stick to baseball, stick to football, stick to whatever. But the Trevor Bauer news, I think, is too big to just sit back. So uh, Trevor Bauer's not charged with anything. You know, he uh, was roughhousing with some women. <laughs> they said they didn't like it anymore. Uh, but whatever, you know, it, it looks like there's a chance he could be back this year. He still could be suspended, but. I know he's a weird guy. It's just, it's nice knowing that a former Cy Young winner, his career is not over because of some bullshit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not saying he's right or wrong. It's just uh, to get some more arms out there. If we have a season. <laughs> All right. That's true. All right. Do you have, uh, you want to talk about Alvin Kamara? Because I hate that guy right now. I don't want to talk about it. Alvin Kamara is an interesting man. He, on Saturday night, was at a club or a party or whatever, and he beat up a dude, assaulted a dude, battery, uh, leading to bodily harm, things like that. Never something that you want. On Sunday, he played in the Pro Bowl, and then at 5.50 p.m., I think it was exactly, he got arrested by the Las Vegas PD, and then spent the night in jail last night. Uh, and now we are sitting here on Tuesday thinking, what the fuck is Alvin Kamara doing? Why the hell did NFL move a team to Las Vegas mm-hmm. where you got all these young millionaires? Uh, I mean, I, I've talked about this issue uh, with the NFL having a team in Vegas ever since they decided to move the Raiders to Las Vegas. I knew that was going to cause some things and maturity was going to be an issue. Uh, Regardless, I think being up people probably isn't the smartest thing to do, whether you're you're in Las Vegas or New Orleans for Alvin Kamara's case, but he is probably going to be facing some legal punishment, I would assume. And, uh, Definitely going to be a storyline to look to look for in, in the next coming months. Obviously, no season going on, so it's not really going to directly matter as of right now with some mm-hmm. immediate news. But once we get into May, June, July, and we haven't heard about this stuff for a couple months at that point, there's going to be some some case going on, and uh, 
we'll see if Kamara has to has to miss some time next season. All right. Well, let's uh, move move off of that for now um, because there is some good news. The Senior Bowl is over. All the All Star weeks are over. We're now in combine mode, and it's time for the next mock draft, Kyle. Awesome. Here we go. So the number one pick in the draft, Jacksonville Jaguars. I have them taking Evan Neal, the tackle from Alabama. I think if there were some better quarterbacks in this class, Jacksonville would for sure trade out of the spot, but there's not. No one's moving up for an edge rusher. Um, So Jacksonville takes Evan Neal. Athletic, you want to help your new quarterback. Number two, the Detroit Lions. I have them taken Aiden Hutchinson, edge rusher from Michigan, the hometown kid. Not a whole lot of, uh, you know, options here at number two if you're Detroit. Again, it's offensive lineman, edge rusher, trade down, it seems like. Um, so they're going to take the edge rusher, try to get some more pieces on the defense. Number three, the Houston Texans. I have them taken Icom Equanu. They call him Sticky Icky, Kyle, the mm. tackle from NC State. That's a fun one. Uh, I want to change it up a little bit here for Houston, not taking Kyle Hamilton. Um, and I guess we'll, we'll move on here to number four for the Jets. I haven't taken Kayvon Thibodeau because we've heard some reports he could be falling out of the top five is what they say. I think there's no way in hell the Jets would pass on Kayvon Thibodeau, though. So I have him here at number four. That would be awesome. Number five, the New York Giants, the football Giants. I have them taken Charles Cross, the tackle for Mississippi State. I think they would love Ike Mikwanu here, but he's gone. Charles Cross is the best pass protector for all the tackles here. He's going to the Giants. Number six, the Panthers. I have Kenny Pickett, quarterback from Pittsburgh, first quarterback off the board. And I think during the senior bowl, he proved he's QB1 without a doubt. Uh, just pretty much the only guy who's going to be ready to go week one. So I have Kenny Pickett to Carolina here. Number seven, I have the giants once again, taking Jermaine Johnson, the edge rusher from Florida state, you know, rises up to number seven here after being a French first rounder. Um, The giants need a lot of help in the trenches. uh, And this guy's name's hot right now. Number eight, Atlanta Falcons. I have them taking Kyle Hamilton, the safety from Notre Dame. Similar to last year, they don't have, I don't know, any glaring, you know, F needs on their team right now. So they're going to take best player available. They took Kyle Pitts at the tight end last year. They're going to take Kyle Hamilton at safety this year. Number nine, the Denver Broncos. They're going to take Malik Willis, another quarterback, um, he just he was so great also at the senior bowl. I think uh somebody might come up and get him. Uh which is nice to hear for uh us. The New York Jets picking at 10. I think in reality they're gonna try to trade out of the spot. But for the sake of uh keeping everything sane here at number 10, the Jets are gonna stay there and take Traylon Burks, receiver from Arkansas, first receiver off the board, uh kind of like uh, an oversized AJ Brown. So I like that. We'll go through some others here. The next pick, number 11, Matt Corral, another quarterback off the board to the Commanders. I like that. I've had Matt Corral to the Commanders slotted in here, I think, since even before the season started. Uh, So I kind of hope that one happens. Uh, The Eagles at 15 and 16, back-to-back picks. I have them taking Derek Stingley Jr., corner from LSU, and David Ajabo, edge rusher from Michigan. 
At number 20, the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to take their quarterback of the future, Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati. I think he, again, played well enough uh, for somebody to take him if they wanted him. And Pittsburgh doesn't get a shot to take Malik Willis, so they're going to take Desmond Ritter here. The Raiders, I got you, Kyle, at number 22. I have them taking Devontae Wyatt, the defensive tackle from Georgia. This man is a complete wrecking ball. He doesn't look like Jordan Davis, but he's pretty close. I Uh, think a little bit of insight here with the Raiders pick. And with the free agency stuff going on, I don't think Devontae Adams is as much as an option as I wish he could have been. And I knew that wasn't really a possibility, but obviously wanted him because Mm -hmm. he's the best wide receiver in the NFL. I think drafting a wide receiver in the first round makes a lot of sense because I think a lot of the guys, if you're not getting Chris Godwin, if you're not getting Devontae Adams, how worth it is it go ahead? Is it, is it to go ahead and spend a shit ton of money on a running or not a running back, a wide receiver. Mm -hmm. So I think Raiders, if they're smart, they sign a D tackle, they sign a corner and go uh, with wide receiver in the first round. So uh, I do have uh, Traylon Burks and Garrett Wilson are the only two receivers taken at this point in my mock draft. I think it's very possible to Chris Olave's there. I, uh, I was just kind of going best player available here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that, uh, that would work out. Um, and some other stuff here, Tampa Bay, Jamison Williams would be the next receiver taken for me. Kansas city, Chris Olave. <sighs> Everyone would hate that one. Cincinnati, Daniel Falele, Falele, Falele. I I apologize. He was another one of the senior bull risers. He's the six foot eight right tackle for Minnesota. Cincinnati would finally get a good right tackle. That would help. And one of my favorite picks, I think I mocked here, the last pick of the first round, the Lions. I think they would love Malik Willis here to sit for a year or two, but he's gone. So Drake London, wide receiver USC, teams up. With Amon Ross St. Brown, the former Max Sports legend, man. Mm -hmm. Max Sports legend, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown. I think that's pretty much going to conclude it for Skyler's Senior Bowl mock draft. Uh, NBA trade deadline. We don't talk about the NBA a lot, but there's been some big trades in the last few days. So we're going to go over. I have three of them, three of the biggest ones that we've seen in the past few days. Uh, There's been some rumors, James Harden for – uh ben simmons but we're that's all smoke as of right now we'll talk Mm -hmm. more about that if that does happen and obviously just about everybody would have seen that happen regardless if you follow the nba or not first one i do want to talk about is this cleveland indiana trade where we have cleveland receiving karis lavert and a second round pick for ricky rubio a first round pick in this upcoming draft that's lottery protected a 2022 second and a 2027 second this deal cleveland gets a great play or not a great player, a good player in Karis Silver. Yeah. And Indiana receives Ricky Rubio, who tore his ACL earlier this year, basically just a cap dump. Uh what what are your thoughts on this trade uh for Indiana's rebuild perspective as well as Cleveland getting another good player for perhaps an Eastern Conference contender? Yeah, well, Cleveland uh seems like they're going all in right now, which is is cool to see. Uh, you know, a team like Cleveland who I know they had LeBron. So I, I guess they're actually spoiled, but a team who's been pretty bad for a couple of years now, uh, finally getting their drafted players in the, in the right scheme. And uh, so good for Karis LeVert and the Cavs, but Indiana, man, uh, <laughs> the cap dump is awesome for the next thing they did before the mm-hmm. trade deadline that we'll talk about. And I guess I'll get more in depth there, 
Yeah, I th- I think Indiana loses this trade. I think uh-huh. Cleveland probably gets a better haul here, but that sets up the I want to say the biggest blockbuster uh, to just mainstream fans, but to the people that actually kind of realize the NBA stuff that's going on, it sets up this trade mm. between the Indiana Pacers and the Sacramento Kings where the Pacers move their all-star forward. I don't know if he's an all-star this year, but he's been an all-star in the he past. Was. They moved DeMontis Sabonis, Justin Holiday, and Jeremy Lamb, as well as a future second-round pick. I don't think that second-round pick has really been identified to what year yet, to Sacramento – and then Indiana gets Tyrese Halliburton, perhaps the most interesting, intriguing piece of this trade, Buddy Heald and journeyman center, Tristan Thompson. This was a very Sacramento Kings move, in my opinion. The Kings are so stupid for this, Kyle. <laughs> like, Are you kidding me? Sabonis you, isn't going to resign either. That's the no, crazy part. No, no, no. Okay, so Indiana's been trying to trade this guy, Sabonis, for two years now. And Sacramento, I bet, wouldn't even... If they called him up, they went back in time and called him up, they probably wouldn't even have to throw in Halliburton. That's, they got absolutely baited here. If you're Indiana, you don't care about the Rubio contract anymore because you have a rising star at the wing position in Tyrese Halliburton. He had 17 assists the other night, and he didn't even care. He just wanted to win. He's an awesome guy. I'm happy for Indiana. And uh, Sacramento digs even deeper into the poverty hole. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a weird trade for this one. Uh, Buddy Heal, just a shooter at this point. I mean, he's mm-hmm. an overpaid shooter. That's really what he is. Uh, Tristan Thompson, I don't think he's on any crazy deal or anything like that. But Indiana, we kind of know what their goals are. They want to rebuild. They want to kind of just go from scratch and, and start rebuilding. Yeah. And they do that by getting a, a guy like Tyrese Halliburton uh, to help uh, some young shooters like Chris Duarte. Uh-huh. They're trying to get Victor the, Wembenamaya now. <laughs> the last big trade that we got this morning, uh, I was pretty shocked to see this one, honestly, when I woke up. I haven't been following the NBA as much as I have the, the past few years, but New Orleans and Portland, they put a blockbuster together. Portland received Josh Hart, Thomas Sadoransky, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who I actually watched play live at March Madness, uh, Didi Luzada, never heard of him before, uh, 22 first-round pick that's protected. I don't know how protected it is. And then two future second-round picks. And then New Orleans receives... CJ McCollum, Larry Nance Jr., and Tony Snell. This, I don't, I want to call it a big three. It's probably a mid yeah. three with Brandon Ingram, Zion, and CJ McCollum now. Well, I have uh, been paying attention, at least to the news part of the NBA the past couple of weeks. And to me, this seems like New Orleans just packaged all the guys they didn't want anymore for CJ McCollum, who I guess Portland didn't want anymore. It seems like Portland's going to start the rebuild. And New Orleans has been kind of disappointing. Uh, so good for them, man. They got another score, you know, to play uh, alongside Brandon Ingram on the wing. That should be pretty fun to watch, right? Yeah. I mean, if all those guys are healthy, Zion, Brandon Ingram, and McCollum, this would be an interesting team to watch. It really would. Will we get to see all three of those guys play together this year, though? That's the question. Maybe for like four games. <laughs> and then the plan. If they make it there, I don't. I don't even think they're doing that good right now. 
but uh interesting interesting squad going on the pelicans mm-hmm. i'm not really sure what the direction of their team is because zion i i know doesn't really like it in new orleans so maybe this is an effort to say hey we'll go ahead and make plays for stars uh to keep you here uh cj mccollum former most improved player of the year i know that i don't know how many time all-star he is maybe once or twice uh-huh. but a pretty pretty Substantial ad for the Pelicans. I just, I just feel kind of bad for the New Orleans fans. You know, it seems like every couple of years you get a guy like Chris Paul or Anthony Davis or Zion, and they just can't grow in New Orleans, so they get shipped out. Yeah. it's It sucks. That's true. You know, uh, I, I understand that as an ace fan all the way. Yeah. that That is kind of tough. But we also got NBA All-Star Reserves. Some good news yes, for a lot sir. of players in the NBA. Do you have that list in front of you? Yeah. Awesome. I do, All right. Yeah. I'll let you go over it then. All right. Uh, we'll start with the East players. We got Jimmy Butler from the Miami Heat. Darius Garland from the Cleveland Cavaliers. Great season for Darius Garland. Sure. James Harden from the Brooklyn Nets, as of right now. Zach Levine from the Chicago Bulls. Chris Middleton from the Milwaukee Bucks reigning champions, Jason Tatum from the disappointing Boston Celtics and Fred Van Fleet from the Toronto Raptors. We'll go to the West now, unless you have any other notes for me. Nope. I think we're good. All right. Devin Booker from the Phoenix Suns, Luka Doncic, Dallas Mavericks, Rudy Gobert from the Jazz. We'll see who drafts him. Draymond Green from the Warriors, our guy. Donovan Mitchell from the Jazz. Chris Paul from the Suns. Carl Anthony Towns from the Timberwolves. It's a nice list there. Uh, Today, we also found out the three-point candidates for the the three-point contest. Uh, Mm -hmm. I don't have it on me right now, but I'm sure I could... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I didn't even know that happened. I don't have shams yeah. notifications. That's that's one guy I do not have. Here, I, I can get it real quick. I know. Uh, actually, I don't remember. Uh, <laughs> all right, here we go. The three-point contest. We got Fred Van Fleet from the Raptors. Desmond Bain from the Grizzlies. According to uh, our guy Ian, should be an all-star starter. Luke Kennard from the Clippers, Zach Levine from the Bulls, CJ McCollum on the Pelicans now, Patty Mills from the Nets, Carl Anthony Towns from the T-Wolves, and Trey Young from the Hawks. That's a good list, I think. Not a bad group. Not a bad group. Seems like Steph retired from it then. Yeah, seems like it. Uh, I know Brett is going with Patty Mills for his pick. Uh, I definitely like Freddie Van Fleet and Trey Young. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Luke Kennard. That's my guy. That's not a bad option. Yeah. Okay. One thing that comes at the Super Bowl is the the crazy special bets, not even prop bets. They're just weird, weird bets that come with it. So I'm taking all these bets off of Bovada, popular sports book, illegal here in California, but we don't need to talk about that. Uh, First off, coin toss. That's always there. The national anthem, how long will it take? Over under a minute 40. That's their Super Bowl MVP. Looking at some of these odds are pretty funny. Kevin Huber, Cincinnati Bengals punter, has a plus 50,000 
odds here. Uh, Trent Taylor, Brett's probably one of his favorite players. 30,000 odds here. Uh, Evan McPherson plus 4,500, actually not too crazy. And then Kendall Blanton actually has plus 7,000 odds. Wow. Higher odds than uh, Tyler Higby, which I think is kind of crazy. Going through it here now as well. Uh, There's some commercial ones about which one will play first. Those are kind of weird. There is how many commercials will have a dog in it over or under six and a half. I think that's a pretty good one. Yeah. What team's jersey will Drake wear at ho- the homecoming event during the Super Bowl weekend? Uh, there is color of Snoop Dogg's shoes at halftime. What what color are you thinking, Skyler? I am not a shoe guy, but probably blue. Blue. That's actually the top odds at plus okay. two twenty okay. right now. Uh, pink is the hot is the lowest odds or whatever plus sixteen hundred. <laughs> Uh, will Snoop Dogg smoke on stage at halftime? Probably that not if he wants to stay on the stage. An interesting one, but he does not really care too much. Uh, let's see. There is, will Eminem wear a hoodie or a hat? That is one on here. That's will Kendrick Lamar wear a hoodie? Talked about that a little bit. Uh, will there be a wardrobe malfunction? Uh, that's a pretty funny one. Janet Jackson is not going to be there. So I think we're, we're going to be fine. I actually kind of like the, this, this next one. How many times will Roger Goodell be shown over one and a half? I'd bet the over. Yeah. I think two. If you show him two times, that'd be, that'd be pretty, makes sense. How many mm. times will the chains be used for measurement over one and a half? Ooh. If it's a close game, probably over. Uh, let's see. What else is on here? Number of planes during flyover over or under five. I think five is pretty consistent number. So I don't, I'd probably stay away from that. Yeah. Uh, national anthem who will be shown first Stafford or burrow. Uh, will any scoring drives take less time than it takes to sing the national anthem? So that's a pretty interesting one. Will any word be forgotten or omitted from the national anthem? That's a pretty funny one. Uh, score in the first minute of the game. Uh, getting to the ends here, but just scrolling through these is so funny. What color liquid will be poured on the winning coach of Super Bowl 56? That's what I bet on last year. That, that's what my oh. bold prediction was. I think it was orange. Uh, orange is actually plus 135 right now at the best odds. It's the OG. Purple, purple is plus 1200 right now. So that's kind of crazy. I'm feeling the clear though this year. Plus 350 odds. I'd say that's pretty good. Okay. And then. Uh, <laughs> what will happen to the price of Bitcoin during the Super Bowl? Uh, goes up or goes down? Uh. Who who will the Super Bowl MVP mention first in his speech? There's the teammates, God or Jesus, city, coach, the owner, family or friends, or he doesn't mention any of the above. What wow. what are you thinking here? What are you thinking here? Well, it depends who it is. Uh, if it's Matthew I think, Stafford, if I think it's Matthew you know, Stafford, definitely God, right? Yeah, probably God. Uh-huh. If it's Joe Burrow, he's probably mentioning. I don't know. Joe Burrow would mention probably, probably his teammates. teammates. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. So I like the odds there. Uh-huh. Um, what if it's Evan McPherson? <laughs> that'd be Evan McPherson. I don't know. I don't, I think he'd be a little stage fright. Uh, will any player propose to his girlfriend on the field after the game? That's a pretty consistent one that we get. So I, plus 400 odds on yes are pretty good there. What happened uh, or who was the last? I don't know, but it seems like it happens pretty often. And then let's see if there's any other ones. There's like penalties. Will there be a horse collar, things like that? Uh, And yeah, that's what we got. It's Super Bowl is always fun, especially even if you're not super into football. Looking at those bets is just so they're so unique when it it Mm -hmm. comes to this big game that the whole world watches and it's, it's definitely should be a national holiday for, for everybody, especially in the, in the U S yeah. that's going to do to halftime though. And let's get back to the head coaches that we've seen hired or supposedly hired for Kevin O'Connell. That's the first one that we're yeah. talking about uh, with the Minnesota Vikings. We've talked about Harbaugh being there perhaps last year or not last year, last week with the Vikings, but that does not happen. Harbaugh stays with Michigan, and they are likely going to hire Kevin O'Connell, former Rams offensive coordinator uh, or current Rams offensive coordinator. He, prior in his history, coached with the Redskins. Or fuck. (laughs) The hard arc, huh? Wow. Uh, The commanders. I guess uh, it says, it says, yeah, our <laughs> word on here. Uh, quarterbacks coach there, coach for the 49ers being an offensive assistant back in 2016. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's had some good groups in, in LA. So what, what do you think of this hire for the Rams? All right. So if you were listening last week, anybody out there, you know, I wasn't buying the Harbaugh stuff. I still had Kevin O'Connell as my number one guy. So I'm proud of that pick. Uh, Minnesota has a lot of offensive weapons, you know, and O'Connell's from the McVay tree and the, uh, the Mike Shanahan tree in Washington too. He should know how to use these guys. That's pretty much the point right now, at least today of this hire. Uh, try to use the most out of Jefferson, Kirk Cousins, and Dalvin Cook while you can. Yeah, Kevin O'Connell is a very a pretty interesting hire. He's pretty young, 36 years old, uh, and he's worked under some interesting names as well. Jay Gruden, Chip Kelly, Sean McVay, just a couple guys to name a few and it, it's it's definitely interesting when we were talking about Harbaugh last week and then going to Kevin O'Connell here but he's a guy that could definitely be a, a very bright young offensive mind in the NFL yeah. the next hire that we got with the Jags was Doug Peterson former Super Bowl winning quarter or not quarterback coach uh 42 and 37 and one in his time as the Eagles coach in between 2016 and 2020 mm-hmm. Uh, long time head coach for Philly, five, six years coach with the chiefs before that being their OC, then the Eagles before that, uh, quarterbacks, offensive quality control, things like that. But he gets tired to the Jags here. What are your thoughts on this one? So it seems like this is the only guy that was on their watch list with head coaching experience before, uh, they blew their shot with left, which if you don't know the story by now, uh, you know, it was his job. If he wanted it, then he was like, no, I don't want the GM. You got to either fire the GM or hire my guy, Adrian Wilson from Arizona. They chose Trent Balky over Leftwich. 
so they ended up with Peterson. I don't think it's as bad of an option. You know, uh, this is a guy who's won in the NFL before with backup quarterbacks. Um, and they didn't want to repeat of Urban Meyer. They wanted a guy who, like, has no tomfoolery whatsoever in his in his game. You know what I mean? So that that's mm-hmm. why I like it. Yeah, I think Doug Doug Peterson has already kind of earned respect in the NFL, especially when you're Super Bowl winning head coach and you have that next to your name mm-hmm. and you got a ring on your finger. That is pretty substantial in today's game, I I think, and probably been pretty substantial for a pretty long time now. I do think this is pretty desperate by Doug Peterson. I, I think any head coach, not being a, a first time head coach, to be like, okay, yeah, I'm willing to have Trent Balky be my GM. I, if I was a head coach, obviously nowhere near that. I would not want that dude anywhere near my NFL team because bad things happen with him. He fucked up the relationship with Harbaugh in, in San Francisco or Santa Clara or whatever you want to call it. Uh, and he's done some pretty terrible things in Jacksonville as well. I mean, head coach or not coaches, fans were dressing up as clowns in week 18, mm-hmm. uh, going to that Jags game against the Colts where they actually upset the Colts. They kept him out of the playoffs, but I mean, what, what's going on? But besides that pretty interesting job for Doug Peterson, you get Trevor Lawrence, uh, you get Travis Etienne, I guess as well. But besides that, not too much. And you're you're going to have some high picks for the next few years too, as well. Yeah. Next hire, we got the biracial man, Mike McDaniel, uh, 38 years old, pretty young, mm-hmm. uh, going to Miami. It's another great offensive mind. <clears throat> Excuse me. Jesus. <clears throat> and uh, if you listen to this guy talk, he is, he's really smart. Yeah. He's also pretty right. funny too. He's a, he's, a, he's a personal guy, personable. Yeah. And, uh, you know, again, that's, it's pretty quick here, but the point is you got to get to over the hump. This is one of the guys you would expect to help him do that. Yeah. He is a interesting guy. Only one year as an offensive coordinator. He was the Niners run game coordinator the four years before that. Uh, he is probably the only guy head coach in the NFL that we're going to see some UFL experience with uh, mm-hmm. when he was a running backs coach for the Sacramento mountain lions in 2009 and 2010 uh, looking at his football reference page right now, he adds to that crazy list of the 2013 Washington commanders football team, yeah. whatever you want to call it uh, coaching staff where they had McVay, they had Kyle Shanahan, they had, uh, LaFleur and they also had McDaniel and I mean looking back at it now Mike Shanahan being like okay okay Kyle you can go ahead and have your friends come and coach with me uh, that was one of the best decisions that Mike Shanahan has ever made because he's going to have these guys connected to his name forever now uh, and it's been so successful especially with the first three guys on that list but Miami I, I like the hire he's a fun guy he I don't know how good of a leader he is. I, I really don't, but he can definitely earn his respect pretty soon. If he goes ahead and wins there in Miami immediately. The, uh, the, that Washington team needs to have an NFL film about them. Like how, cause this is, this is even better than green Bay in the, in the nineties where the big story there is 
Mike Holmgren had John Gruden, Steve Mariucci, Andy Reid, and I'm blanking on the fourth guy, but they were all successful NFL head coaches you know, yeah, in, in one staff. What's interesting, though, is how much film are you going to be able to take from that? Like, yeah. how is there going to be film of, of Mike McDaniel talking to, to Sean, Sean McVay and guys like that? Like, that's just Alfred Morris. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's a pretty interesting one. Uh, yeah. But wide receiver coach on that Washington team and then became a run game coordinator. So obviously has a lot to do with the offensive mind that he's got. That takes us to the next one that we have yeah. uh, with Lubby Smith with the Houston Texans. All right. I think Houston's going to be even worse this year than they were last year, uh, especially after free agency and trades, because uh, they're going to lose a lot of guys. Lubby Smith was their DC last year. Uh and he's going to try to keep everyone contained, you know. Um, what's his name? I already forgot his name. Deshaun Watson, uh, as of right now, is still there. That's going to cause chaos still. Um, you're only a couple years removed of your best players in franchise history getting traded or leaving. Uh, so I, I likely think this is a one-and-done situation. Uh, seems like they really want McVay, but they didn't want to get clowned or McCown. didn't want to get fined or did I say McVay? Yeah. Sorry, Mc, Josh I think McCown. I think they'd like Sean McVay, though. Yes, Josh McCown next year. I think it's one and done for Lovey Smith, but this is a guy to keep a locker room afloat who was there for their bad year this year, uh, for one more bad year. Likely the number one pick next year if it's not Jacksonville again. Yeah, this hire doesn't make a lot of sense to me because when I Someone's got to be in their ear, man. Right? When I look at the... David Coley last year is this is Lovey Smith that much of an upgrade? Is he? I don't. Is I, I don't think he is. Coley worth firing when you could have kept Lovey Smith as your DC and you could have even thrown McCallum as a quarterbacks coach or something like that and have Pep Hamilton be your OC. You could have done something along those lines, but I mean, obviously Lovey Smith, longtime head coach, yeah. uh, going back to 2015 and then all the way back to 2004. His and record, yeah, his record as a head coach, 89 and 87, so sitting right around 500, took that Chicago Bears team in 2006 to a Super Bowl uh, where they had Rex Grossman and yeah, not win that, that was game. unfortunate for him. But, I mean, that speaks to his defense, but that also I think that was 16 years ago at this point. So it's a different game than uh, Houston is a very interesting team to have. I think this probably is a, a one and done thing, unfortunately for Levy Smith, because he is already 64, 63 years old. And it's eventually you're going to want to hire a young offensive mind for. QB. If you think there's any chance that Davis Mills could be a, your quarterback, which I think there is, you, yeah. you can't fire Coley like that. I mean, yeah. like, like you said too, just bring McCown on and get yeah, him ready. Or, or if you want. Honestly, if you're really going to do that, just go ahead and put Pep Hamilton as your head coach. Mm. That's not the worst decision either. I mean, I don't, I don't know. It's just, it, it, it's kind of disappointing for the Texans. I feel like they're just, they're consistently just like waiting to to do something, or they're just stalling. That, that's really what it is, and it's, it's it just doesn't make sense to me. Last hire that we have, and the last hire that we have of this head coaching go around was Dennis Allen with the Saints, uh, former Raider coach. Mm -hmm. I'll just talk about this one first, and then I'll, I'll give my piece. All right. So Dennis Allen, yes, he left a sour taste in Kyle's mouth for sure. I do not blame Kyle for that. 
<laughs> He's giving me the weird look, not uh, metaphorically sour. Don't worry. Yeah. Um, yeah, he was really bad with the Raiders. Okay. But so was Pete Carroll, Brian Belichick, Brian Billick, Nick Saban, Bruce Arians, Mike Shanahan, everybody in the first job. So calm down a little bit because I think it's smart to stay in house for this year. They're in a very bad financial situation, but it's also maybe an even worse division this year. Uh, I think it would be pretty hard to mess this one up if you're in New Orleans. All you got to do is beat Matt Ryan. <laughs> no, that's it. Mm. So uh, keeping Dennis Allen here, who, I mean, he does have a good defensive scheme that works similar to, to Eberflus, you know, like, you know, these guys are going to get their opportunity eventually because they're smart enough. Um, they just need some help from the roster here. I think there's a chance it could be okay for Dennis Allen in New Orleans. Yeah, Dennis Allen was probably due for a head coaching job. He's been the the DC in in uh, New Orleans ever since he got fired from that Raiders job in 2014, where he went eight and 28 in th- two and a half years with us. Uh, so it was, it was time, and I think New Orleans, if any team was to hire him, uh, was probably the right decision. He's built a pretty solid defense over there. Uh, I don't know if this is the guy long term. I really don't, but I think it's definitely worth giving him another chance uh, where you can compete pretty easily in that, that NFC South this year. So yeah. go ahead, give it a shot, see how, how, how it works, and uh, I guess go from there and then start the rebuild the year after that. All righty. Sure. <laughs> uh, layups and bold predictions. Last week we went two for three. Uh, me and Skyler got ours right, but Brett did not get his right, unfortunately. I had the Lakers over the Blazers uh, on Wednesday. That was CJ McCollum's, one of his last games with the Blazers. Uh, but the Lakers did get the job done, and I got my pick right there. Skyler had Arizona money line versus UCLA in college basketball, and that mm-hmm. did hit. So Arizona's on a roll, Kyle. They are. They indeed are. Uh, and then Brett had Islanders money line versus Seattle. Seattle good. Islanders bad. That strategy did not work for Brett. Uh, the Islanders lost to the Kraken on whatever night that was. And then this week, I have over two and a half players have a passing attempt in the Super Bowl. All I need is Jamar Chase to throw a pass, fake, not a fake field goal. That's not going to happen. A fake, fake punts. I just need something to happen. I feel like, I feel like that happens a decent amount of time where. Uh, oh, just not just the quarterback. So pass, or if a player Stafford gets hurt for a play, you bring in John Walford and he throws a pass to Cooper cup for a yard or two. I think that could happen. So that's my layup this week. All right. My layup's going to be Cooper cup over 104 and a half receiving yards. The past two playoff games for Cooper cup. He's been well over this number. I think the offense in Los Angeles is ran through Cooper cup. I think it's going to be pretty hard. If, the Rams do win this game, like I think, for him to be under 104 and a half. So that's my layup. Old prediction last week, uh, me and Skyler got ours wrong, and Brett got his right, so a little flip-flop there. Uh, I had a little parlay for my bold prediction because I couldn't pick one single thing. I had Boston over Charlotte and then Denver over Utah on basketball on Wednesday, I believe it was. Boston did beat Charlotte, but... 
Denver did not beat Utah. Skyler or then had some college basketball. BYU mm. over the number two Zags on Saturday. That did not happen. Nah, Chet, Chet Holmgren went game. off. <laughs> and then Brett had the Edmonton money line versus the Washington Capitals. That did hit. Washington's been great this year. Edmonton has been pretty good as well. Uh, then we go to this week. I have OBJ being the first touchdown in the, the Super Bowl. If this game is scripted at all, OBJ gets a touchdown to start the game. And we know it is. So good looks. All right. And uh, like I said earlier, my bold prediction is going to be a non-quarterback win Super Bowl MVP. Um, I'm picking the Rams to win, which is, I'm leaning towards Aaron Donald or Von Miller. If Cincinnati were to win, and if it's a non-quarterback, I would say probably Jamar Chase or Evan McPherson have the best shot. Uh, I would love to see if Cincinnati won. Don't think they will, but if they did, I would love to see McPherson win Super Bowl MVP. <laughs> That'd be kind of funny. Yeah, non-quarterback, Lena and Aaron Donald, Von Miller. Yeah. Yeah, plus, plus 50K odds on Kevin Huber if you want to go ahead and take that now, by the way. Uh, but that's going to do it for episode 74. The next time that we talk to y'all, we will know the Super Bowl winner. That is going to be pretty, pretty fun. crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we're talking NFL offseason. Uh, we'll do our final QB predictions uh, for this upcoming season uh, before mm-hmm. the offseason really, really get, gets on its way. And then uh, some wide receiver rankings, I'd assume. Yeah. Uh, I don't think free agency will be next week that we, we do predictions. So maybe the week or two after that, but that's something to look forward to in the near future. I'm looking forward to it as well. Uh, and yeah, hopefully we have some more NBA trades, things like that. Skyler, you got anything else to say? Let's just hope the refs don't mess us one up. That would be, that would be pretty, pretty sad. I really hope the Super Bowl isn't haunted by the refs. Yeah. And we'll see you guys next Tuesday. Go Jets. Later.